Hey moms, welcome to the Mom Mindset Show, where we talk all things mom life from A to Z. I'm your host, Rachel Benson. I'm a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. I've been through every age and stage of motherhood, and I've never met one I didn't like. I've also never met one that didn't come with its share of challenges and personal growth. As moms, we set the mood and tone of the home. We're the emotional support and the cheerleaders for everyone in the house, not to mention the cook, the chauffeur, and the housekeeper. There's a lot to know and do, and that's what I'm here to help with. I want to help you create the home and family life of your dreams, and I do that not only by helping you with the skill set, but more importantly, the mindset that can really help you succeed as a mom. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about what's on your mind today. Hey, mom friends, how are you doing today? Good to be back. I have been to the island of Oahu, and it was amazing. I wasn't cold for a solid week. I've only been to Hawaii twice now, but one of the things I loved the best was never being cold. I wasn't cold in the morning. I wasn't cold at night. I wasn't cold in the water or out of the water. It just is this beautiful, constant temperature, and Oahu is beautiful and so different than Kauai. We're definitely planning to go back to another island in the not-too-distant future, so tell me what you think. We're thinking about Maui, but you let me know. But we absolutely loved it there, and it was so good for me and my husband to have that time together and just time to relax and get away from work and life and all the pressures. My husband wants to move there because he just loved that warmth and just that casual island vibe that is so nice. He says he wants to live in a tiny house in Hawaii. I don't think I'm really up for that, but I definitely want to get there whenever we can. So I want to start out the podcast today before I forget, just asking that all of you that are out there listening would consider leaving me a review. When a podcast is new like mine is, it really helps it get it out to more people, more people to find out about it. If you will rate and review and subscribe, any of those, all of those would be great. I want to read you a review that I got because it just meant so much to me and and reviews like this really help. Someone wrote, Rachel's advice has been life-changing for me as a mom. Some of the things she talks about on her blog and podcast seriously blow my mind. There is something so valuable about getting advice from an experienced mama. Every mom needs to listen to this podcast, and I just so appreciate that. And I hope that you are getting value out of the podcast too. So with that, I want to get on to what I wanted to talk about today. Like I say in the intro, we talk about everything A to Z because as moms, there's so much that we need to know and do, and especially a mindset that we can adopt that can be really empowering. Also in the intro, I talk about how there's a skill set and a mindset to being a mom. And what I mean by that is there are just so many things that we have to learn as a mom, skill sets that we have to develop. For instance, when we own a home, we have to learn to clean a home, maintain a home, organize a home, decorate a home. And then when we get a home with a yard, we have to learn all those yard working skills and 
you know, some people learn them when they're young and your parents make you mow the lawn and take care of flower beds and stuff. But a lot of us have no clue, you know, and we have to learn all that stuff. And when I help people in real estate, a lot of them are like, oh, I want a big yard. And I'm like, oh, do you like Saturdays? <laughs> do you like spending them in the yard? But that just, you know, goes to the point like all of that takes time and takes learning. I remember one of the things that surprised me most that I had to learn as a very young mom was learning to nurse. Like no one told me that that was a skill set in and of itself. Of course, it's natural and instinctive for mom and baby, but there is still a lot to know and things change as the months go by. Your milk supply changes. It changes from day to night. I had no idea about any of that. No one told me. And no one told me that I was going to get sore. And I really, really got sore from nursing. For like five to seven weeks, I would have mind-altering pain every time my babies latched on. But it was very important to me, so I stuck with it with all of my babies. But that's just an example of, of some of the many skill sets that we need to have as a mom. And the one I'm going to talk about today is communication. And this is one of those things that you always hear is so important for marriages especially, but of course for families and just for life in general too. But how much training do we get in communication? Seriously? Like, I mean, most of us, maybe if we're lucky, we had a psychology class in college or high school and maybe had a unit on communication. But a lot of it is just what we pick up from our families of origin, and we don't think a lot about our communication style. And so today, I want to help you out with that, because something that as moms, we really have an opportunity to lead out in our home with the communication that we use. And a lot of times, we don't want to speak up and say anything when something needs to be said. Because maybe we have tried that in the past and we end up in a fight with our kids or our husband, or we just get so angry about something and we can't communicate. So we end up giving someone the silent treatment, or maybe we've been on the receiving end of that and communication just breaks down and you just feel those, those feelings of contention. So I want to talk especially about like, Communicating without conflict. Because a lot of times what happens is we are bottling something up inside. Like we've got something on our minds, something's bothering us, and we just don't want to say anything. I I see this with a lot of people I coach. So many times part of the problem that people are experiencing is they don't feel comfortable communicating. And so they just either clam up or they let things build up and then they blow up when there are relationship problems. So it's really, it's kind of one or the other. People tend to clam up or blow up. And we don't want to do that. That's not good communication. But it just happens because a lot of times we let things build up until we get resentful and then bam, it just comes out one way or the other. One example of this from my own life, and this story does not reflect well on me, but I think it's worth sharing because it really goes to this point. 
I had a neighbor years ago that was a wonderful neighbor and our kids played all the time. But in the summertime, things would get really crazy with them running between houses and stuff. And and some problems were bothering me, some things going on with the kids. And I wanted to say something, but it just seemed too sensitive or too touchy. And so I didn't, but I was getting madder and madder about it every day that went by. And so finally, something happened. I don't remember what it was, but it just flipped me out. And I just let my neighbor have it. And and as soon as the words were out of my mouth, I was sick about it. Like, that is so out of character for me. But again, I just, I let the resentment build to a point that it was, that it was like steam building up. It was just gonna blow eventually. And so as soon as the words were out of my mouth, I I was just devastated that I, had spoken to my neighbor that way that I cared about. And so I asked her for, I said I was sorry. I asked for forgiveness and we did work it out. And I think in the process, we came to a much better understanding of each other and our relationship actually got so much better. And we are still good friends to this day. You know, I don't see her anymore. It's been years since we lived by each other. But on Facebook, you know, when I see her, I just really care so much about her. And that is a good thing that can come out of even communication that we mess up can eventually bring us closer together if we try to create understanding out of the situation. So to help you avoid having blowups with your family or your neighbors like I did, I want to give you some tips so that you can feel empowered to communicate in the best possible way so you're not having all this internal conflict because you want to talk to someone and you feel like you don't know how and and you're just afraid you're going to create an external conflict. So we don't need to have internal conflict and we don't need to have external conflict. We can learn to communicate in a way that is very supportive to relationships. And so I'm going to give you five tips that you can think about and see what resonates with you and what you would like to apply in your relationships. My first tip comes from a scripture in the New Testament. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. And I love to think about this scripture before I go into a conversation. I like to really think about what would be loving for me and for the other person that I obviously love and care about, or I wouldn't need to have a conversation with them. If the relationship didn't matter to me, the way I communicated wouldn't be that important. So I like to really focus on how much I love them and care about them and how I want to choose my words carefully so that they come out with love. And what that means to me is finding a way to say words that I need to say in a way that, like the Bible says, love is patient and love is kind. And so uh, thinking about a way to say something that is loving and kind. This might look like when your teenager comes home and either brushes you off and ignores you or snaps at you when you say the littlest 
thing, you know, they could just be behaving in a way that might be easy for you to get offended or hurt. And instead of just reacting to that, maybe taking a minute and then saying, hey, are you okay? How you doing? You don't seem like yourself today. Maybe something like that. With your little ones, it can be taking a minute to compose yourself before you talk to them about, you know, they're hitting their siblings. They're not sharing. They're constantly bickering. They are being messy or loud or whatever, just like freaking out at them. And, oh my gosh, you guys, you're so loud. Be quiet. You know, I always... I, I really like inside voices. I really don't like a lot of loud noise in the house. I definitely had it raising six kids and now my grandkids get really loud too. But, you know, we can say that in a way that we are not being just as annoying as they are with their loud voices or their bickering. It's funny how that happens. Like, we can get annoyed and then we become annoyed. <laughs> I know I do this with my family sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, you're just, can you please be quiet? And it's like, now I'm just as annoying as they are. So there's always a way to ask the kids to quiet down or even to give them consequences or whatever you need to do, but in a way that's loving and kind. My next tip is to always put self-respect first. Now, I know that might sound a little selfish and maybe contrary to what I just said, but what I mean here is a lot of us women especially have a problem with trying to people please. And so we say yes when we want to say no or when we feel imposed upon, say the neighbors are asking us to babysit or someone in the family or people want us to volunteer for things, or just anything that can be imposing on our time, our money, our needs, our feelings, we still have a hard time like speaking up for ourselves. And that's when we get into that like internal conflict I was talking about. When we say yes, but really inside it's a no. And so then that resentment starts to build. And that's when, again, it becomes very hard to communicate in a nice, calm way. We can really only deny our own feelings for so long before that resentment starts to build. It's always okay to put our own needs first and to just, if we need to say no, we can just say, you know, that's a no for me. And just communicate that in the kindest way that we can. One of the rules I have for myself that I use when I'm maybe I'm considering a time commitment that someone has asked me to take on, whether it's babysitting my grandkids for an hour or, you know, doing a bigger, longer term commitment, like maybe being the head of the PTA. That's not one I've ever done, but I've been involved in a lot of things. Anyway, a rule that I use for myself is if it's not a clear yes, it's a no. And I'm just getting very comfortable with saying, no, I can't do that. And just not worrying about, well, who's going to step up and do that? For instance, in politics, 
I was involved in county and state politics for about a decade. And this last time when the opportunity came around again, I was like, I can't. And some new people stepped up and they got involved and it's been great for them. And they've done a great job. There will be someone to fill those needs. So don't be afraid to respect yourself and your own time and your needs and your family's needs for your time and attention. And just give a, a clear no and don't feel like you have to give an explanation in situations like that. My next one is make it about you, not them. If you did have that psychology class that I was talking about in high school or college, you've probably heard about iMessages where you just put the focus on yourself and you say, I am feeling this way, you know, but you don't want to say, because you did this or that. If we can go into a conversation using those I messages, I think I feel because, and then insert a reason that is personal to you, that can really cut down on defensiveness. And what I mean by that is if you say, hey, I blew up just now. I didn't handle that well. I was feeling stressed because I had a hard day at work today. And then you can just explain it's not because, my gosh, when you came in and you brushed me off or you were rude, then I got upset with you. So that kind of communication just creates defensiveness and conflict in no time flat. And conflicts can just escalate so quickly when someone gets angry or defensive. So we don't want to do that. I want to keep the focus on ourselves. We want to talk about what we're thinking and feeling and avoid blaming and criticizing others. Now, my next point is a little different. It's actually sometimes silence is golden. Like sometimes we really don't need to say anything at all. And it's really good to take some time to evaluate where we're coming from before we get into a conversation that might tend to cause conflict and contention. If what is about to come out of your mouth is just basically straight-up criticism for your spouse or your kids, other people, how they're living their lives or something they did or said or how they are, if we're labeling them and judging them, that would be a really good time to not say anything and to just sort things out in our own minds. For example, if you're feeling frustrated with your husband and you're just like, I got to talk to him. I got to tell him to stop doing that thing. Well, if that's just kind of who he is or how he is, that thing that you want to talk about, if you essentially want him to change, that's probably not going to go too far in conversation. And so sometimes we just need to change ourselves in reaction to the other person. And that doesn't mean we can't make requests. We totally can. I remember hearing a woman say once that she got so frustrated when her husband would sit on the bed and put his socks on while she was still sleeping and he was getting ready for work. And, you know, yeah, that could be really frustrating, but going into it with an accusing tone or something like that is not going to change them. They're not going to be like, hey, honey, you're right. I need to 
stop doing that. That's so inconsiderate of me. We can either consider just letting it go, knowing that we need our spouses to let things go that we do as well. We all have super annoying habits and things that we are pretty much blind to, or maybe we're well aware of our annoying things that we do, but you know, we we have to learn to tolerate the things that that our partners do, that our kids do, that other people do. So sometimes we don't want to say anything, but if we want to say something, just a really sweet, respectful request, like, hey hun, if you could remember to just like put your shoes and socks on in the other room, because when the bed bounces when you sit down and get off, it wakes me up every time. You know, you can try, and if they don't do it, then you you can make the request again, or you can just learn to s- sleep through it in that example. Same thing is true with our kids. Sometimes we just want to get in their business and give them so much advice and input. You know, we might be like, hey, if you don't get good grades now in sixth grade, you know, you're not going to get into a good college, and we start projecting things into the future. And instead of encouraging them, we're just making them more freaked out and more discouraged. And that's just not helpful or good communication. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. And if we start projecting that onto them, that is, that's just not going to be helpful. So we want to be the kind of moms that just, just hold our peace. A lot of times, there's just a lot of times when it is better to not say what's on our minds. And then if we do decide to say something, try to frame it as a request. And then don't get attached to whether the person does that thing or not. Like, don't let your happiness rest on whether your spouse decides to quit sitting on the bed like you've requested. People honestly have good reasons for the things that they do. And sometimes they might even be trying to be thoughtful. I've had to ask my husband a number of times and now he finally no longer closes the bedroom door. He usually gets up earlier than I do and he'll go out and he'll shut the bedroom door so that he will, you know, not make noise and wake me up, which I so appreciate the thought. But what happens then is our room gets really hot and stuffy and that wakes me up more than any noise that he would make out in the other rooms of the house. And so I had to ask a few times, but he he changed what he was doing. So that's just an example of that. Like, should I say something or should I not say something? You know, you'll know inside if it's just you wanting to criticize and correct someone or if it's a conversation that could be productive and helpful. So my last point is kind of more of the mindset piece of this. And this is to believe that you can find a way to say what you need to say in a positive way. Really believe that you can learn to communicate. Because you know what happens when we tell ourselves I can't? Like, I I can't talk to my teenager. I can't bring the subject up with my husband. When we think we can't, we don't. That kind of thinking creates a literal brain cramp and it doesn't allow us space to get ideas of how we could communicate in any situation. There is always a way to communicate with our family. Our 
kids are our kids for a reason, and we are their parents, and we are the leaders in our home, and we can find a way to talk about what needs to be talked about. Not those things that are just criticisms that we need to let lie and just work it out in our own minds, but anything that genuinely we feel needs to be said, we can find a way. And we can do that by being sensitive to what is the best way to approach this conversation. Sometimes, especially with like older kids, sometimes humor is a great way, just a real lighthearted, almost joking tone. We can say something just real short and quick and to the point and maybe make them laugh. Like if our kid comes in all demanding and we're like, hey, you might want to work on your approach a little bit. That might help them, you know, maybe laugh and lighten the mood a little bit. And we don't need to say to someone, I need to talk to you. Like sometimes those words, especially for men, I think my husband just like freezes up when he hears those words. And I know I do too. I get so nervous if he's like, I need to tell you something. I'm like, what? You know, instantly like alarm bells go off in my mind. So sometimes that's not the best way to go into a conversation. And we need to be sensitive to the fact that some people are very easily embarrassed. So what we might think is just some normal teasing or whatever can really embarrass someone. Some kids are so, so sensitive to being embarrassed. And so we don't wanna joke about certain things. Personally, I hate teasing and it's always been a rule in our house to never speak an unkind word, even in jest, is how we've always said it. My husband and I heard that when we were like newlyweds, and we've always had that rule. I had a boyfriend in high school that used to always say, I'm teasing, when he would say really rude things, and I did not like that, and I don't think teasing is good communication, and I I just really encourage you for yourself to maybe not tease in a way that might actually be sensitive. And another thing that we've tried to employ in our house, rather than maybe singling out one person that's not, say, doing their jobs or something like that, we will find a moment, have a teaching moment with the whole family. You can do this around the dinner table or in our family, when all the kids were at home, we had what we called family home evening, which was an evening to get together and usually have a spiritual lesson, but sometimes an activity. We do games and treats, and it was just a time when the whole family was together that if we needed to, we could have a teaching moment that applied to the whole family and didn't necessarily single out one person. But there are also times when it's best to have a private conversation with someone and not joke or tease or say something to them in front of others, in front of the whole family that might make them feel bad or look bad. So just give some thought to what your mindset is about communication. And when you want to speak up about something and you know that you need to, just set the intention to speak in a way that's loving and respectful, and that will really help you open up your mind about how to start a conversation. If you believe that there's a loving way to communicate, you will gain a lot more confidence to speak your mind. Just one final point on that. While you're thinking about it and while you're asking yourself, what's the best, best way to approach this conversation? 
sometimes it can just really help to have a starter phrase that you want to go into a conversation with. Even if it's like, hey, it's hard for me to tell you this because I think you're going to be upset, but I want to talk to you about this. And another one I really like to use is, hey, I want to talk to you. I really feel like I want to clear the air between us. I've been sensing that there's some tension there and I want to apologize for my part or whatever I might have done to hurt or offend you. And again, keeping the focus on yourself and avoiding attacking or criticizing the other person is a great way to enter into a conversation and just really believing that that communication is important. That again, you wouldn't be having that conversation if you didn't care about that person. And communication is such a good and important skill. And as moms, we can model for our kids how to have good communication, how to apologize when we screw up and blow up and make a mess of things or when we're not at our best. That is a great opportunity to go to your kids or your husband and say, hey, I am so sorry I acted that way or I I didn't handle that well. That's one I've used a lot in the past or I'll say, hey, can we have a do-over? That just didn't go the way I had hoped it would. And just anything like that. If you can find a conversation opener, you can usually get into a good conversation. So that's what I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. And I just want you to think about how communication is going in your family and think about how you can lead out in any way that you want to see that improve. Any way that you want to have better communication in your family, let it start with you. And just to know, if you are wanting to know how you can get coached by me personally on some of these topics that I talk about on the podcast, stay tuned to the end for more information on that. See you next time. Hey, Mama, thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoy the ideas I share on my podcast, but you want some help applying them to your personal situation, I want to invite you to learn more about my coaching program, where I talk to moms on a personal basis through one-on-one coaching and group calls. We can talk about anything from the personal challenges that you're experiencing in marriage or motherhood to the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. To find out more and download a copy of my free book, Mom Mindset A to Z, visit mom-mindset.com.